welcome to another episode of Carry On Up The Village. I'm Christopher, and this is the villet. This is the missus. Hi, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. So, the girl who was deaf. Well, excuse me, I was thinking we haven't had an odd one in a while. <laughs> and this certainly doesn't, didn't disappoint. So it began uh, with a cricket match at which... Uh, the batsman was uh, blown up by an exploding cricket ball. Mm-hmm. After which, someone looking very like the prisoner was uh, engaged on a mission to find Pref- Professor Schnips and stop him launching his rocket that was aimed at London. Uh, in doing so, he came across in various scenarios a attractive young lady who turned out to be Professor Schnips' daughter, uh, who tried to kill him in various different ways, and ultimately he uh, bested Professor Schnips. At what point, Fiona, did you start to wonder what relevance has any of this got <laughs> to the prisoner? That's a very odd question. Well, it's a question, though. We've been watching the series of Prisoner and we've had lots of episodes before that didn't seem related to the village. But this one just be one of them. But this one went on a lot longer than any of those did. Did it? Maybe not though. Maybe the Living in Harmony, the Western one, Mm. the only other one that went on for quite as long as this one did, uh, before revealing that in fact the prisoner had been telling a story to some village children. We've never seen children in the village. We before. have never seen children in the village before. What does that? What, what do you think about children in the village? What, is, what, what are the implications of that? I just think the um, number two brought them in to, to have another go at lowering his guard. Mm-hmm. And now that that didn't work, they'll be sent away again. Oh, you think that's, that's a very, that's a very uh, um, charitable way of looking at it that they haven't kidnapped children and. <laughs> Brought them to the village. They seem perfectly happy. Why did those children resign? <laughs> so, yeah, we started off and thought, oh, we're definitely not in the village. I mean, the cricket scene could have been in the village somewhere, but then mm-hmm. it got definitely not in the village. And then we saw number six. Not in the village. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought, I actually thought this is a bit bit like the, um, the new prisoner that we watched. Mm-hmm. This might have been a flashback. Mm-hmm. Two days when he was a spy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did think that for a while. Um, but then, obviously, the girl who was deaf was a bit weird. Mm-hmm. And um, it it turned out that, well, I thought that she was um, just trying to see if he was a good enough match for her in terms of enemies. All right. Um, a bit like a female Scaramanga. Is what I said. All right. Um, the girl with the golden gun. <laughs> but you know how he wanted to um, fight Bond as a the best opponent. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what she was doing with the prisoner. All right. Um, uh, and I didn't really follow the father had a rocket plot. Uh, that was aimed at London as being part of his mission. That uh, I hadn't really connected that. I didn't realise that was what he'd been sent to do. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And I thought it was interesting that she said um, 
my father's a hero and when the war ended almost like he was done out of his victory mm-hmm. so therefore uh, when london is ruined we'll have our uh come up since then um but i thought she was talking about a more recent war than, what do you mean a more recent than war? napoleonic type, oh all right no i think she was talking about the second world war um because of the arm, um, the type of weapons they had in that. Well, just because that's what everyone people yeah. refer to the war. That's what they refer to. Yeah. I, I think maybe the issue being that perhaps he wasn't on the side of the war that won. Because if the war had gone a little uh, longer, he would have been a hero. Yeah. Because he would have destroyed. Oh London. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So yes. Um, and then she asked him to join them because he was just too good at evading her. Mm-hmm. Um. But obviously he wouldn't have any of that. But for a while, especially during the um, uh, fairground scenes, mm-hmm. I thought, is this just a ploy to show off graphics that was probably quite cutting edge in those oh, days? Oh, I see. Right. We've got roller coaster rides, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, car chases. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of extra unnecessary filler well, that was just showing off, I thought. To some extent, the whole episode was just a one long filler, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, at one point, I did wonder whether one of these, uh, this he was actually in a room in the village in the treatment centre mm-hmm. with something playing in his mind. Some sort of virtual reality. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it was like a training thing or a... Um, trying to convince him he was back in his own life, so therefore he could tell why he resigned. Mm-hmm. And all the, oh, um, okay. Or some kind of mind game mm-hmm. treatment thing. I thought that might have been part of it. Because they are very game. keen on mind games with him, aren't they? Yes. I mean, what was the Western in the end? No, that was, no, that, that was that the was virtual a, reality. Yeah. Remember, they all had the sort of headsets on and everything. Yeah, so I, I, I thought that might be that again. Mm-hmm. My favourite bad trick. trick. A moment was when he was in the arm ring, um, messing up with all the the weapons. All right, and he looked really smug. Oh, he, <laughs> okay. He was my, really pleased with himself. <laughs> my favorite Patrick a moment came at the point that I think is when you have to start start thinking, oh, this isn't really happening, which was in the car chase. When she oh, was kind of uh, spinning the car up and running down. down. Yeah. And yet at the beginning of it, he looked very smug. And then at the end of it, he looked very bewildered about what had happened. Yeah. As if he had been turned upside down. I thought he acted that quite well. So that was yeah. My, that was my Patrick moment. But do you think that was the point when you just thought, well, this is getting silly now? I think that's the point at which you have to think this isn't just... The, a flashback, or yeah. like this is there's, there's something beyond reality happening here. Yes. Now, didn't you think mm-hmm. the girl who was deaf, who was deaf, mm-hmm. was a bit old to be the daughter of that man? <laughs> um, I don't know if she necessarily was a bit old to be the uh, kind of was, she, was it just the too much makeup thing that just made the her too look much old? makeup? I I I did think that. I don't know. She didn't appeal to me particularly. because no, I thought she was meant to be a seductress. Yes, but so I, I thought they would have. I thought there have been there have been women in the series mm. who I would have considered would have been more widely felt to be mm. 
beautiful woman. But bear in mind, this is 1967. Yes. Things are different. That is true. And I think she was also having to be quite a strong woman. Um, she couldn't be too dainty mm-hmm. uh, and all that kind of thing. So that was what they plumped with. I think there might have been many a uh, young boy whose future <laughs> uh, fantasy life might have been dictated by what happened in this episode. Why? I just think there was quite a few scenes that was like, oh, I this will be this well, like, this will have been remembered for many months to come. Long boots and yeah, uh, not uh, not there was that there was that element to it. Um, I also thought... There were some PVC jackets mm-hmm. and things. No? The sort of uh, white German uniform, first yeah. war German uniform. That's quite the, niche. I, I know, but that's what, that's what I mean. It's like, it kind of, there was something, there was always something for everyone in this. Driving the fast car, um, going at the machine gun, mm. done up like the Empress Josephine. Mm. I thought there was quite a few, it was like, mm-hmm. People are just, I mean, the writers must have been on drugs. Uh, I think that's or, too or just easy having to fun. That. I think that's just what they taking, were doing. Yeah, taking it too far. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, for all it was, and it was a whole lot of 60s in this, in a fabulous, oh, fabulous, in a fabulous way. way. Wasn't it? Um, including record shops and all mm-hmm. things very stereotypically 60s. Um, and we know that Patrick McGowan didn't like too much sex. Mm hmm. But there was a bit at the beginning where the uh, score Manny was eyeing up the girl who was there. Yes. And mainly because of her legs, which I thought was quite clever. It was, uh, I mean, it was obviously quite subtly done. Um, it wasn't that subtly done. No, but I mean, it, it was a bit of leg. It right. wasn't mm-hmm. some of the things we've seen. But it made, it was a, a reason to look at her so we knew she was a person of interest without um, having to suggest that they knew. It was just a reason. Oh, it sort of marked her out. Marked her out. But we never thought that actually all the people around her knew that she was something special other than she had nice legs. Yeah, do you think Do you think they weren't supposed to? Because she was very 60s. Yes. In the eye makeup and everything. Yeah. And her face was powdered white. I know, but I thought that was interesting to be like death. Uh, okay. And also like the laughing policeman thing in the fairground. Oh, right. Uh-huh. And also like the masks in the love boat in the ride. Oh, yes, in the tunnel of love. Oh, yes. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot more thought was into this than you think, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. My, my and also she was dressed in white, sorry. So yes. Yeah. My, my favourite, uh, and the white jag that she drove as well. Um, my favourite uh, 60s bit of this, actually, oddly, was the people watching the cricket match. Because they were like real people mm. from the 60s. I quite like the pub. The cricket, uh, the cricketers, the cricketers in. I don't know, the pub he went Oh, the pub he went to. Yeah. Oh, right, the pub he went to. Where yes. people were sitting around being 60s. And uh-huh. but people true. could help themselves to drink. Like there was a bucket of beer at the, at the front. and. Uh, yeah, I wondered about that. If that was maybe... Sp- Suppose this is kind of like where you need somebody who was alive in the 60s to tell you this. Dad? I wondered if it was almost sort of a, here are these strange bottled beers, if you want that kind of a thing, rather than just a pint of bitter, which is obviously what everybody drunk. Um, 
And it was almost to sort of show you a sort of sample of it. But of course, they wouldn't have had fridges and that kind of stuff like we have now. So maybe you did just help yourself and he just put down a note. Did you notice that? He yeah. just put down a note on the bar and then it's very she started serving him. The other thing about that point, yeah, I agree with you, the people in the 60s and the people in the bar were very 60s too in an ordinary sort of way, um, is that was actually a slightly earlier point when you realised, oh, there is a link here because the at the bottom of the glass that he drank, oh, yeah. he said, you have been poisoned. But it said you have been poisoned in the same font that all the village signs are written in. You know, you've not noticed there's a particular yeah, village yeah, font. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Um, and that was, oh, so we, there is something to do with the village here. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I liked his, um, when he was done up with the uh, cape or the, the Sherlock Holmes sort of overcoat oh, yes. thing. He was kind of like a proto-third doctor, John Terry, <laughs> with his big frilly shirt. Oh, I mean, he was meant to be an Inspector Hound or something like mm-hmm. that. I, don't mm-hmm. know. Oh, I, did, like, I did like that. Uh, and I also like the photographer. Did you recognise the guy who was playing the photographer? No. He he was the kid in the Western episode. I'm going to remember that. All right, okay. Uh, he, was, he was also dressed in, like, the most... It's almost as if this episode actually is our members of the 60s because mm. he was dressed like I am a young swinging 60s guy you just uh, needed some people um, going through a rack of clothes on Carnaby Street yeah well the, <laughs> but the military uniforms at the end they were in the military <laughs> uniforms this one because all of the 60s are in this episode uh, <laughs> um, there's a sort of suggestion that this was um, McGowan having a bit of a go at other spy series and films just, that he felt were Okay, we're over the top. So do you think James Bond is in that? Well, like the gadget, which was the um, shoe shine radio thing. Oh yeah, and the oh, guy and who was he... using it went ridiculous. Okay, so even he was pointing out this is this is ridiculous. Yeah. And they they also did. I think I think this was deliberate. They did the sort of thing that Austin Powers later on did, which was making all the possible one-liners you possibly could about everything at all times. Because it was always a smart episode, smart thing. Um, like when he was hanging over the uh, stuff, uh, I'm sure you'll get the point. Yeah. Uh, glad you're having a swinging time because he was hanging on to yeah. a machine gun doing all that. And it's like everything had as many lines as they could possibly get in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, what about number two, Professor Schnipps? Well, I didn't realise because I missed the beginning, so I didn't see that he was number two. You didn't see him as number uh, two okay, in the beginning. Okay. Well, maybe I didn't miss it. Um, yeah. Uh, well, it was it, he was suitably mad as as people believe Napoleon was. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was done quite well. But mm-hmm. he wasn't too gone to think that he didn't have the genius to build a rocket mm-hmm. or whatever. So um, I thought it was quite good. I loved him. Why? Just is it just all the, of the brotherhood? No, he was, he was barely in the brotherhood of old men. He was barely in the brotherhood. I wouldn't say. Well, I mean, he he, I love him anyway, but. He thought he was covering it over, but he wasn't. Oh, you think it was all right? I think that Coming was his out. Napoleon thing. Mm. Uh, I just I loved it. it was so, so have I seen him in other things? Well, he is a well-known actor. He does appear in things. I'm not sure if you ever have actually. I think maybe the thing you might have seen him is he's in Four Weddings and a Funeral. As? As Crazy Old Man, who shouts at somebody at one point. I think he's de- deaf at, at one of the funerals. Oh, right. Uh, and he just keeps, oh, what are you saying? 
Um, but he was a, he's a, a funny he's a, a sort of renaissance man because as well as being a well-respected actor, he also, seemingly because David Attenborough, when he was controlling BBC Two, asked him to, started to make documentaries. All yeah, right. And he usually had a slightly contrary view of things than would be the sort of prevailing establishment view. So, for example, he made documentaries about the Boer War in which he was sympathetic to the Afrikaners' side, which isn't right. usually the way they go. And similarly, at that time, um, he made documentaries about the IRA, mm-hmm. um, both about the IRA in the sort of early part of the 20th century, but also about the IRA during the Troubles, which were... Well, his critics would say they were sympathetic to the IRA. Perhaps it would be a bit fairer to say he had a more balanced view than the mm. government wanted to um, uh, portray. And a lot of them were not transmitted at the time, okay, were transmitted sort of years right. uh, later. Um, he says that he, st- he says that he started his life as a radical socialist and ended it as a radical Tory. Um, but he was a very interesting kind of, kind yeah. of, sort of eccentric kind of guy, uh, Kenneth Griffith. Um, so, yes, I liked him. Um, the other thing about this episode is, this episode is the first episode of The Prisoner that I saw. Hmm. Because in 1992, there was a series on Channel 4 um, called TV Heaven, in which on a Saturday night, a couple of hours, maybe three hours, and they would pick a year and they would oh, show yeah. programs from each that. year. And this was the one that they showed. And I remember... Okay, my dad said, oh, you've got to watch this, The Prisoner. It's really good. Okay, it's an amazing type of programme. And then as soon as it started, he said, oh, no, no, no they shouldn't show this one because this is, like, not The Prisoner. Not which typical, is, yeah. It's not the typical, it shouldn't, it's not in the village. Uh, and bizarrely, ten years previously, ITV had a series called, as, as a sort of strand called Best of British, in which they'd shown the best of British mm. TV up to that time. And they also chose this episode to show, which, again, was like... Well, if you didn't show the prisoner, this is not what the prisoner but, is, but largely. I know, but it is something you can watch in entirety, not having known the premise or, or seen anything before, without being too, what, what's that about? What's this about? True, but I would say the first episode is perfect yeah. for that. It sets it up as yeah. well. Uh, so, so oddly, this is, this one has been shown more often than all, than all the others. Uh, so, um, where do you rank it in the prisoner? Do you think? Do you think I, do any... li- I do like the weird ones, mm-hmm. um, and I'm, I think it was about time for one. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fair this is only in my my rank. My of course you're doing random stuff, yeah, but anyway, in random. your rank, mm-hmm. random stuff. Um, I, it was time for one, but I don't think it was as good as some of the others. Okay, has it changed your views on who is number one? No. On what's the village there for? No. Do you now think he is definitely a, he was definitely a spy? Even though that was just a story he was telling children. No, but I mean, what else would he be? If, uh, mm-hmm. I suppose the other his information. The other evidence from that would be if he wasn't a spy, then wouldn't number of two have stopped watching a long time before? And, oh, for goodness sake! Mm. This has nothing to do with what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think it. I think it does lend some credence to the he was a spy uh, mm-hmm. theory. Um, okay, do you want to know what your choice of viewing would be? Oh, yes. It's quite an interesting choice of viewing, because because, okay. because of the way the um, series was uh, made, um, 
but at this point, though, there was a, at one point there became a break in it. Mm-hmm. And it had been shown, first of all, on Friday night by Granada and Grampian, and a bit later on, a week or so later, by the other regions. But because of this break, some of the other regions, and it being a bit hit, put it on earlier. So now we're on, now we're on Thursday nights. So this was on Thursday the 18th of January, right? 1968. Uh, and you could have watched on BBC One, half past seven, Top of the Pops. Ooh, that would have been a challenge. Do you want to know who was on? It's so strange because obviously this, isn't this a similar audience type? Yeah. To Top of the Pops. So that makes it. Mm -hmm. I think that would have been real thought. What are we going to watch here? But. Probably the kind of new, well, there's only a few reps of the prisoner left. Let's forgo mm-hmm. to the pops. Unless you really wanted to watch Jimmy Savile and David Simmons. And David Simmons is an interesting guy. Um, Simmons, this is, I'm reading his Wikipedia entry, right? I hadn't really heard of him, I have to say. Right. He's not well known of a, as a DJ of the 60s, okay. but he was on Radio 1 at the beginning. Simmons was born in Oxford, the son of Pamela and Ronald Simmons, respectively author of Let's Speak French textbooks, and the former acting head of MI5. Now that's interesting. So that's his father? That's his father. His grandfather was a neurologist, Sir Charles Simmons. He spent a year at Oxford reading botany. He then moved to New Zealand to work as an actor. After returning to London in 1965, he spent a period at Radio Luxembourg on the BBC Light programme, where he presented special shows. In September 1967, he was one of the initial Radio 1 DJs. Simmons resigned from Radio 1 in 1973 over a dissatisfaction with the music policy and following the introduction of a new jingle. It said Radio 1 was wonderful, and it wasn't. I could not press that button with a clear conscience. Wouldn't you just love to hear all the other stuff that he was perfectly willing to press the button for? But Radio 1 is not wonderful. Uh, Simmons joined the newly formed Capital Radio, where he hosted the breakfast show between 74 and 78. Uh, He then went to Radio 2, presenting Much the Music weekday afternoons, Radio 2, 1977 to 82. In 1981, the controller of Radio 2 told him he was being taken off the air without relating any reason. He presented his last programme entirely naked. He then seemed to buy a radio so the station. Re- wait a minute, the reason would never came became clear later on. No. Nope. Okay. Uh, he hosted. He then seemed to buy a radio station in Cyprus. Um, and in 2013, he sold the the Cyprus radio station and moved to France with his Dominican wife Basilica Bas- Basilia Simmons, his third wife, in France, set up the internet radio station, The Rules. Interesting. Never heard of him. Anyway, they were presenting the show, and uh, played was Plastic Penny, Everything I Am, Manfred Mann with the Mighty Quinn, Come On Without, Come, Come On Within, within. Yeah. You'll Not See, The Four Tops with Walk Away Renee, Just Walk Away Renee, John Fred and his Playboy Band, Judy and his Guy with the Glasses, Herman's Hermits, I Can Take or Leave Your Loving, they're playing our song, darling. <laughs> I'm joking. Engelbert Humperdinck, am I that easy to forget? They're playing our song, darling. <laughs> uh, love Affair, Everlasting Love, they're playing our song, darling. Is this, you're not interested in any of this. Uh, or Georgie Fame was number one with the Ballad of Bonnie and Clyde. I just don't like the they're playing our song, darling, bit. Okay. So that's why I was they're playing our song, that. darling. So that was Top of the Pops, uh, followed by Softly Softly, Police Drama. Um, spin off from Z Cars. Uh, or on BBC Two, uh, Newsroom. Newsroom. 
followed by Wheelbase. Gordon Wilkins covers the first International Motor Show of 1968. Belgians and their cars. No driving test and a cobbled highway gives Belgium a reputation for having the worst drivers on the worst roads in Western Europe. At the 47th Brussels show, which opened yesterday, Wheelbase examines the impact on Belgian motoring of the new 1968 models from West Germany, Holland, the Soviet Union and Sweden, as well as from Britain, which has more makes of car to sell at the show than any other nation. A lot of interesting facts there, isn't there? Different days nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, because Belgium's got really good roads. No, I was thinking, well, we don't and have... Britain doesn't make any cars. <laughs> yes. 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 So that was your choice uh, of viewing at this time. Uh, what do you think you would have gone with the prisoner? Or well, by this time we'd be watching the prisoner. Yeah, because you'd be like, would you have watched this and gone, what the hell was that all about? I want to know if he's escaped or not. That's what I'm here for. Who won in this episode? Did he win? Did the village win? He did win because he, he <coughs> smuggled it and went, haha. See? Got two cock. Got two cock. And he showed him that clown. Clown. Yes. It was a bit sinister, that, children, anywhere. Crazy uh, clown. Crazy clown. I think that's a reference to um, the radio programme. Hello, children, everywhere. But still, it was a bit sinister, wasn't it? Yes, but I think it was meant to be. Yeah. Like, I know you're watching me, because I've been here so long, that I know all about it. Yeah. Do you have anything more to say on this? Well, I want to know if any of our listeners have anything more to say. How would they be able to tell us that? Well, they would be able to tell us that uh, by contacting us at prisonerpodcast at gmail.com or at prisonerpod on Twitter. Thank you very much. All right. So all that remains then is to be said to join us again the next time when we carry, carry on up, up the village. village. Bye. Bye.